Mark chapter 5. And I want us to read beginning at verse 35. Mark 5 and 35. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado, and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entereth in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumi, which is being interpreted damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked. She was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it. And commanded that something should be given her to eat. Amen. We trust the Lord will bless his word to our hearts for Jesus' sake. This morning I want us to think particularly on the words of verse 36 where the Lord Jesus responds to the anguish that he sees at the report of the death of this young girl and he says to the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. Be not afraid, only believe. We're coming to the time that we're to meet around the Lord's table. I want us to think on this thought, though, that this is a place for the exercise of faith. And so I am entitling our time Faith's Table. And may the Lord be pleased to speak to us from his word. Let's just pause for a moment and seek his face. Father in heaven, now we would pray that you will bless the word of God. We pray that thou will open our hearts, open our ears, quicken our minds, that we might perceive that which is said of our God to our hearts, that we might understand and that we might find ourselves uh, embracing the instruction that comes from your word as to how we're to seek the Lord our God but also how we're to believe Lord I pray that thou wilt then 
Send the Spirit of God amongst us now that he would be that one who teaches and preaches and applies and strengthens and shows the Lord Jesus and glorifies him in our midst. Oh God, we pray for the blessing and helping of our God during this time. Overrule all that has to do with man. We pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Well, I will begin our consideration this morning by asking a question about this reading that we just read. And that question is this. How would you describe the day of which we have just read? Well, I think in my mind, it's described really in one way. It was a day of doubt and fear. A day of unlikely solutions and helps. But one thing I want to stress is that this day, this day was a day that was ordained of God before the foundation of the world. What the Lord Jesus was going to do here was well known long before it ever happened. It was a day that men were in distress, one man particularly. It was a day in which there was doubt at every elbow. There was indeed fear among many. But it was a day that the Lord had looked at and said, I have a solution here. I have a solution in one. I have a solution in my son. Again, I stress it was a day of deep need. And it was a day that needed that one chosen of God, sent of God to be the minister, to be the solver, to be the one who puts things right. It required nothing but one thing, though, of those that were in that place. And I would say it's the message to us as well. The one thing that was needful was that the heart of all needed to believe, particularly the father of the girl. Be not afraid, only believe. That is your place, that is my place when it comes to the purposes and plans and provision of God. We are to believe. Believe on the one that he has sent. Believe in the power that that one has. Believe in the heart that that one has. Now I would think it unrealistic to think that each time that you and I come to the Lord's table that we come free of all care and all need. It is far from true to say that we are always in the place of victory over every foe and every concern when we approach the table of the Lord. It is far more likely, and I say probably is almost always true that we come to the table of the Lord still bearing the issues of heart and mind that weigh us down to the place of sorrowing even. We come as a needy people to this table. We come as a people that need to have the Lord's work in our hearts. We have so many things that we would lift to the Lord in other times. But I want you to understand that this time when you come to the table is no different from the other times of need. 
we come needing help. We come to the Lord's table needing light. And most of all, we come needing the Lord's love to be discerned in our hearts. The incident of which we read shows only one real emotion on the part of the man who came to Christ. This man came to the Lord Jesus brokenhearted. He came in sorrow. The worst of all things was before this man as he stepped before the Lord. There was, as far as all men have ever known, there was no undoing of the situation that was occurring. Yet the Lord Jesus looks at the whole matter and says to the needy heart, Be not afraid, only believe. Only believe. But it's hard to do. It's hard to believe. The circumstance is so real. It seems like it's the only thing that's real. The need of my heart is the only thing that's real. And yet I'm to believe. Oh, believing is hard for our poor hearts. But when the grace of God is known, believing is possible, and that to the good of the whole soul. This man, and I present him as an example, this man, this ruler of the synagogue, believed even amid the worst of news. Well, we'd ask why or how. Well, I'll say this. It was not because he was a stout-hearted man. It was because of the ministry of the Holy Spirit and because of the words of Christ. There was an application of the word to his heart. The Lord Jesus' words struck his heart. He believed on the Lord Jesus. Now, it is likely that you come to the table today with need. I would just ask you the question, what do you need? What do you need? And I will tell you also that you and I need to hear the same message as this man. The table of the Lord is a table for the needy and those that need a ministry of the Lord Jesus. That's a purpose for the Lord's table. Yes, it is a time in which we come to show, indeed, many things, but I say to you plainly, it is a time for the needy of soul to come and find the help of God. But I want you to understand also, like as was true of this moment, the Lord's table is an act of faith. It is not a ceremony, it is not a rite, it is not just something that we do. It is not a religious thing only. It is an act of faith. This moment above all moments where we need to hold fast to the truth of the Lord Jesus, who he is, what he has done, it is something that we must believe and act on in faith. There is a result. There is a result. There is a good. There is a product. There is a promise. There is a provision. 
there is something that is done, like as this man found for him, there is something that we'll find, we will find for our souls when we believe on the Lord Jesus. There was a result for this man and his wife. Again, I stress the words, only believe, only believe, have faith. This is a time when you come to the Lord Jesus' table that you exercise faith. Well, the question that has to be asked at this moment is in what way? In what way? You say this. You say that it's a good thing. You say it's a, it's a productive thing. But what, what do you mean? In what way do I show faith? Well, first, I'm just going to say this. We must come to the Lord's table with a faith that trusts. With a faith that trusts. You say, well, that's the same thing. Not necessarily so. John chapter 6 and 29, the scripture says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom they have sent. He has sent, rather. The point I'm making is this is a time to place your faith in the Son of God. It is active matter. Or can I say it this way? Faith trusts. Faith is what is working in the heart. Trust is how it is shown. By that I'm stressing this. It is when you come to the table of the Lord, a time to only show faith. In other words, get rid of all pretense. If you come in here and you're just going through the motion, if you're coming in here and you're just saying, well, I do this because I think it's the right thing to do. All Christians would do this and, oh, people would think bad of me if I didn't. Get rid of pretense. This is not the place for it. This is a place for faith. It is the time to open the whole of the heart to the Son of God. You are to come here to seek. You are to come here to present. You are to come here to lift your heart before the Lord. But then it's also, along with putting away a pretense, it's also a time where there's the need to set aside all else. Set aside all else. That is, all desires, all conclusions, all what-ifs. Oh, Lord, if you loved me then. It's time to put all that away. I want you to see with me a reason for that. We look at what we have on the table here as the emblems of the finished work of the Lord Jesus as our sacrifice and our atonement for sin. I want you to understand that the work of the Lord Jesus on the cross has not only purchased for us life and has not only purchased for, the, purchased for us the help of God for your heart. I want you to see this. It has possessed the help of God. Christ did not just purchase the help of God for you. He possessed the love, of, the love and help of God for you. You know, a man may purchase something. But it is never truly his until he takes possession. Christ possesses the helps the graces and the mercies of God the Father. And he uses them for those that he bled to save. 
You are to come here to find the Lord Jesus and find him using those things that he possesses as a result of his perfect work. You come in faith. You trust in those things that Christ has purchased for you. You lean on those things. You lean on him, his truthfulness, his faithfulness, his love. You cast yourself upon his word. You reverence and you esteem and you embrace the heart that the Father shows toward you now because you are in Christ. You must come to the table with a faith that trusts. You actively exercise, as it were, faith in the Lord Jesus. Now you are here today, yes, to say that you are Christ's. That is a testimony of this table. You are to hear, here to say that you believe on his finished work, and that's absolutely right. But you are also here when you come to the Lord's table to say that you believe. You believe in that work, and you are going to go forward believing as well. I mean not to be one who is a formalist, but I am one who believes in what has been done by the Lord Jesus, and I am trusting this, and I am going forward in this. And here's my testimony. A faith that trusts, but I'll tell you this, and I just mentioned it. It's a faith that testifies, where the Lord Jesus says, when you come to the Lord's table, you do show the Lord's death. You testify. There is something that is offered by your heart. There is something that is offered by your action. As you partake, you are testifying. A faith that testifies. John chapter 8, verse 68. There was a moment when... The Lord Jesus was presenting truths that were somewhat hard to be understood by a natural man about himself. And many, hearing that the Lord Jesus was saying that there had to be a union with himself that entailed the eating of his flesh and drinking of his blood, he said many, many thought that was just way out of line as far as trying to understand what was going on. And many forsook him. They didn't walk with him anymore. And the Lord Jesus turns to his disciples and asks them, will you also go away? But here is the testimony of faith. And it says, then Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the son of the living God. Yes, you are here and you are exclaiming by your act that you have the work of Christ applied to you, that the work of Christ is yours. You know, when the ruler of the synagogue walked into his house and the Lord Jesus and the three disciples were with him, that was a statement. When he invited Christ to come into his house where all this was going on, the mourning and the weeping, and, and he invited the Lord Jesus to come into a house, that was a statement on his part. He owned the Lord. He was saying by this, he believed. You say, well, why would that have been such a, a big deal? Because it is likely, and in fact I say it's most probable, that some in his house, if not the majority, were the same crowd 
that hated the Lord Jesus for his healing in the synagogue. He was the ruler of the synagogue. He would have been in on that with that crowd, hating on the Lord Jesus for what he did. But now here he comes, and he's inviting this one that they all hated, and they all laughed to scorn. He's bringing him into his house, believing what the Lord Jesus said. Don't be afraid. So here he comes. That was an owning of Christ. That was a believing on the word of Christ. That was a testimony. In fact... Healing the man in the synagogue probably was the reason why the ruler went to find the Lord Jesus in the first place. He did it for this man. Surely he can help my daughter. I'm saying that when we come to the table of the Lord, it is time for us to preach. It's time for us to preach to all around us that we embrace the blood work of the Lord Jesus. With gladness, we call others to see what we have known of the benefits of Christ's work. We do not hide it. We're partaking of it. This is an outward testimony. Yes, I have faith that testifies. It wants others to know. But I don't want just others to know. I want heaven to know as well. You know, heaven is singing about the Lord Jesus. And when you come in testimony... And as it were, you lift the words of your heart, not verbally, but you're lifting up before the, hev before the coast of heaven. Christ is my hope. Christ is my everything. They will know the chorus that you're singing. They sing the same. May he be glorified. I rest in his merits. I rejoice in his success. Yes, we preach to others. We preach to heaven, but most of all, I think in some ways we preach to ourselves. I am the one who needs to hear this word the most. Lord, by this I testify to myself. Yes, I do believe. I have seen my sins washed away. I belong to Christ and he is mine. And I will not entertain doubts about the love and intent of Christ to do me good. We exercise a faith that testifies. Also, I would say this. As we come to the Lord's table in faith, we find faith that turns. I think of that man who met the Lord Jesus at the foot of the Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew chapter 9, and straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. This time around the Lord's table is a time to hold fast to what we have seen of Christ in our lives and know to be true of him through his word. But also, it is time for us to turn to God and plead. Help thou mine unbelief. Lord, I do believe. I am here because I believe. But I turn to my God and I ask with all of my heart, Help thou mine unbelief. Do you need the Savior? This morning as you sit here, do you need the Savior? Now's the time to tell him so. Do you wish for a greater communion? Now's the time for, to declare your love. 
and ask for a richer walk. It's time to turn. Turn your mind, turn your heart away from the things that you walked in with. Put them away. Turn your eyes. A faith to turn. And then I'll conclude by saying this. As we come to this table, we will find it a time where we're exercising a faith that triumphs. Faith that triumphs. For this man, for this time, for this hour that we have been reading of, everything is brought to its climax in the first part of verse 42, and straightway the damsel arose. Faith in Christ. Faith that was really willing to face the ridicule, the scorn. Uh, you know, I think in some ways when it says that the scripture laughed the Lord Jesus to scorn, it had to include not only the Lord Jesus, but the ruler of the synagogue. Is he so crazy? Is he so dumb to think that there's, this man's going to, she's not alive and that he can do? Perhaps there was in the minds of those that were there a scorn for him too. But there was a triumph in that faith that looked to the Lord Jesus. A triumph not only for the little girl, but a triumph for the ruler of the synagogue even more. So this is the question. Dost thou believe on the Son of God? What do you need? What do you need? This is the place to find. And the message is only believe. Only believe. It is a table of faith.